0: Now, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. It's another week of Interesting Times in Real Estate right now. The market continues to be busy. We're hearing a lot from our colleagues over in Vancouver about how their their market has not slowed down. They're seeing multiple offers again. Mm. Prices uh, are not necessarily plummeting, as perhaps the, uh, the government had hoped with the implementation of the foreign uh, investor tax. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, today on our show, The Whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe, we're talking about population growth within the city of Victoria, new amenities and service required by the expansion of downtown dwellers, and a conversation on affordability and housing supply. We'll have with us today Mayor Lisa Helps. Suzanne Bradbury from Fort Properties, and on the telephone, Carrie Milton, Executive Director of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. So uh, also in recent real estate-related news, a Vancouver notary has been ordered to pay $600,000 to his client, who was a home buyer, as the notary failed to adequately determine whether the seller of the $5.5 million property was owned by a tax resident of Canada. Uh, well, this is nothing new. Actually, sellers have always needed to declare—sorry—on uh, de- declare, the contract of purchase and sale whether or not they are residents of Canada. Uh, this does, however, bring up concerns surrounding Canadian tax, immigration, and property transfer law. If you're wondering what is behind the story here, the the um, the situation is that if a buyer is buying a home that is owned by uh, someone who doesn't pay taxes in Canada the government wants a holdback on the sale of the property, not just the um, uh, capital gain on the property, the actual uh, proceeds from the sale of 25%, uh, because, of course, they want to make sure that that seller uh, pays any sort of outstanding uh, taxes to the government before they leave. It's a lot easier, of course, when they have access to the money now as opposed to uh, having a, to find it at a, at a later date. Uh, but we've had this for years. I mean, it, it is actually a checkbox on the standard Contract to Purchase and Sale act. Asking if the seller is a resident of Canada, but this little piece of news here is just a reminder to uh, the lawyers and notaries uh, who are working on behalf of clients that they have to double check and make sure uh, that in fact the uh, the owner is or is not a uh, tax paying resident of Canada. So uh, like I said, always really interesting stuff uh, in real estate uh, here, not only in Victoria, but in, in British Columbia. Uh, We always like starting off with a message from a listener, and this week we had a call-in from a fellow by the name of Eric. And as a reminder, by the way, we do have a phone line just in case you do have a question that you want us to cover on air. The phone number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or you can always go online to cfax1070.com where you'll find us on the whole Home Show uh, webpage. Anyways, Eric has a growing family. Uh, He wants to move out of his condo into a house, uh, but he feels that he's stuck since there's nothing to buy and he's not able to purchase without selling first. Uh, He doesn't want to sell first because, uh, of course, he fears being homeless, uh, which is very different when you're a family as opposed to when you're just a single person. Uh, So his question is what he should do. Well, this really is the age-old dilemma. Uh, As we all know right now, we're at uh, an all-time low of inventory in Greater Victoria. We're somewhere around 1,600 uh, listings available, which is about a third of what we're we're used to seeing. Um, This does mean, of course, that for sellers, it's relatively easy to sell. So if Eric wanted to sell, uh, especially in a condo, I don't know where it is. Uh, I'm guessing if it is in uh, the downtown area of Victoria, which we'll be talking about today. uh, He shouldn't have any difficulty selling, but the big question is, where is he going to go? So uh, one of the big issues right now, of course, is that uh, there's nothing to buy, like I said. Another issue too is when he does find a house that he wants to buy, uh, he's probably gonna fight for it. So we are still seeing multiple offers. My team encountered multiple offers, even in the past weekend here. We're still seeing uh, people having to fight against five, six, sometimes 10 different buyers just to own a home. Uh, it will make it complicated for someone like Eric, because uh, he will not be able to make any sort of offer conditional to the sale of his condo, because that just makes his offer that much less competitive. Uh, there will be other offers that have no conditions at all. So not subject to inspection, not subject to financing, not subject to, uh, you know, parents having a look at the home. Uh, so really, for those who are, are looking uh, at any sort of house, for instance, in Greater Victoria right now, say between uh, six hundred thousand, you don't get much for six hundred thousand today. Uh, up to around a million dollars, it, it typically is a, a fighting environment. So, uh, getting back to Eric's story, what can you do? Well, the first thing is you need to be prepared. So if you are in a financial position where you're able to have, just in case, you know, if, if for instance, uh, the market does change and you end up having to keep your condo, are you able financially to have both the condo and the house? Uh, Secondarily, uh, can you get some help, some financial help from uh, family, from parents, um, uh, just to make sure that you can pull it off? Uh, And finally, too, uh, you're going to want to make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row as far as uh, doing things like having a building inspection done first, doing all your due diligence on a property first, uh, because you really need to be competitive uh, in today's marketplace in order to succeed. Now, will this change? We know it will. There will be at some point in time uh, a shift in the marketplace where inventory will start coming up and uh, there'll be better selection uh, for people like Eric. But, of course, the double-edged sword is it's going to mean that uh, as, a, as a balanced or a buyer's market, it may be more difficult for Eric to sell his condo. So, uh, very complicated situation there. Always a good idea to chat with your real estate professional about that, or if you want to talk to me a little bit more, as you guys know, I do this on a daily basis, uh, happy to help out. But um, as I said, this is a, a, a very unique marketplace. We won't be like this forever, and I think uh, some people will be happy to hear about that. Uh, anyways, I have with us right now Suzanne Bradbury. Uh, Suzanne, before we get to our segment together, uh, I mean... You, of course, you are you are in the real estate industry. You had mentioned before that you just recently picked up a a, a property as well, a duplex or something, right? Yes,
1: myself personally, yeah. Yeah, that's so what, right. was,
0: what was it like being a buyer, like uh, the it whole process? It was tough.
1: I mean, it's been a while since I was in that position personally, and um, we found it, uh, you know, we, we probably lost... I had a very particular kind of concept in mind uh, as a particular niche that I wanted to fill um, that I felt wasn't, you know, that I, that I see as being, for example, you know, just with reference to your, your previous uh, mention of Eric there, Eric's situation, that rental, that short term or long term flexible rental of a family oriented uh, rental accommodation, that's what we were looking for. And um, we probably lost sort of six opportunities in bidding situations. So, you know, I was in a, position where I could walk away when it no longer made sense and look for the next thing. But yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's definitely changed and it. I can, I can only imagine how stressful it would be in, in that position that he's in.
0: Yeah, and and this is—I mean—you've been doing this for a while too, so mm-hmm. uh, you know it's not like this is a a, uh, a new experience for you. But uh, I mean, just speaking uh, as 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 a buyer for once, I yeah. mean, um, everyone's everyone out there thinks, oh, you know, the market's great right now, and you, you know, people are uh, are making a killing or whatever. But as as a buyer, I mean, that probably was not a fun experience, and having having walked away or, or, or not succeeded in six, that's, yeah, it's a, it's time consuming, right?
1: Yeah, it's time consuming, definitely. You have. Have to you have to be thinking. I think not just for the conditions of the market as they stand today, but also what your vision is, what your purpose is long term. Yeah. And um, I have a passion for creating homes. Um, I, I, you know, coming from my educational background in the psychology field, I've been thinking for a long time about what makes human beings thrive and what makes life better for individuals and for communities. And so um, that's sort of I want to be part of that solution in some way. And that takes a lot of different forms, depending on the opportunities that are available in whatever condition the market presents. And you know that changes year to year. Yeah,
0: and and this is great because we're going to cover a lot of that uh, when we talk with you about uh, Fort Commons, the mm-hmm. the, uh, um, the district there, which which is really neat, and I, I think listeners will be familiar with it once we uh, once we describe it a little more. Um, but, uh, you know, again, real estate is just such a funny thing right now because it's on the top of everyone's minds.
1: It certainly is. It's a very common topic of conversation.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and, and a big question, too, is, uh, I mean, why would people want to buy right now? I mean, you know, what um, what was the impetus uh, to be a purchaser right now? Because the general thought is it's high right now. People are buying high. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And again, it goes back, I think, to your personal philosophy and your, your long-term vision. and and And, you know, there's... There's sometimes an argument for doing it when it's the right time for you personally, as opposed to, you know, what the pundits might say yeah. about opportunities in the market as as they see it.
0: Such a big discussion.
1: Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we're here with Suzanne Bradbury from Fort Properties. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break right now, and we're going to continue on with a conversation about the growth of the city of Victoria, housing affordability, and other things. Back in just a moment. We're back here with the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. And we're talking today about the growth within the city of Victoria. Uh, Also things like amenities and services that are required um, when we have an expansion like we have right now of downtown dwellers. And later we'll have a conversation on affordability and housing supply with Mayor Lisa Helps. But right now on the phone, we have with us Carrie Milton. Carrie is the executive director of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. Thanks for coming online with us, Carrie.
2: Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: Yeah. So, Carrie, you joined uh, us here in Victoria. It's a couple of years ago now, right?
2: July actually just July eighteen hasn't been quite a year.
0: Nice, and uh, I know you spent time in Penticton um, uh, at their uh, association, right?
2: I did. I was four years as um, as their BIA executive director.
0: Their Business Improvement Association. Correct. Yeah, um, but however, you've got a history with, with Victoria too because you went to you went to Uvic here, right?
2: I am. I'm a Uvic grad, and I lived there uh, prior to moving to the Okanagan for ten years.
0: Yeah. So, I guess one of the questions that comes up all the time, I just had it off uh, offline here with uh, Suzanne, I mean, what brings people back? Like, obviously, when this opportunity came, um, it was probably a good thing for you, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's all about timing. And I, I think once you leave Victoria, you realize you spend the rest of your career trying to find your way back.
0: Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know paradise
0: once you leave it, right? We yeah, Absolutely. And this is something that we've been seeing a lot of recently, too. I mean, a lot of the growth that uh, that has occurred uh, in Greater Victoria recently has been a lot of lower mainlanders who, you know, they're not new to Victoria. A lot of them actually were born and raised here. They started their careers in Vancouver, and they've just found an opportunity to come back and, and uh, uh, enjoy the, the atmosphere and the pace that we have, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is, Victoria is growing so much with the tech sector being our number one um, industry at this point. It allows people to actually live and work there, where it's in the past that has been a lot more difficult.
0: Yeah, and and this is actually a a really important point as well. You know, the tech sector is one of those where people don't see see it, so they don't see um, uh, office fronts uh, or they don't see uh, businesses necessarily. A lot of the tech community that we have in town here is working out of their homes, right?
2: They're out of their homes, but they're also on our second floor buildings. You're right. They don't have a storefront, so you don't see them. But a lot of the buildings that you see downtown, that second and third floor, those are filled with tech sector employees. And they're just a little more hidden away because they don't need that storefront piece. Yeah. I see them in the restaurants.
0: You see them in the restaurants? That's <laughs> true. <I do>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, uh, of course, for the tech sector, I mean, one assumes or presumes in today's world, that they could choose to be anywhere to live, uh, and yet a lot of these people have chosen Victoria as their home.
2: Yeah, they can. They can choose to be anywhere and live anywhere, but Victoria has so much to offer. That's the reason why they're wanting to live there and, and actually create their lives there and to stay there. Um, and Victoria, because it's growing so much, it's a great time to be there all, like, all around. If you're in a new uh, bludgeoning industry, you want to be where the action is.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it that is such an amazing concept to consider for people like Suzanne and I here. We were just talking about the fact that we're both born and raised in Victoria, and you know, we we never considered that years ago. that, no, that no. this is where the action is happening, right?
2: No, you thought about that old slogan that Victoria used to have, right? The, the, the newlywed and the nearly dead that mm-hmm. everyone seems to remember. That, and that was if you're borderized, you're stuck into that mindset.
0: And that still comes up a lot. That still comes sure. a lot. Let's, let's talk a little bit about downtown. I mean, obviously, you're, you're the ED of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. What, what qualities does the downtown area of Victoria have that, that makes it a truly livable environment?
2: Well, everything is so walkable. That's one of the best parts of Victoria. You can walk from one end of the downtown to the other, and it's beautiful. Where else is there that there's an inner harbor within your downtown that you can enjoy? Uh, so it, it makes it really easy. It makes it livable. And if you want to live in a condo downtown, you don't need things like the car to get around because you can just leave your front and, and go to the restaurants and go to, like, Discovery Coffee or all those kinds of things that they have. So Victoria is very easy to live in.
0: Yeah, and this is part of the conversation we're having today, too, is there are so many more residents in the downtown core of Victoria now. I mean, uh, I have a brother who's in Ottawa. He only comes back every once in a while. Every time he comes back in town, he was born and raised here as well. Every time he comes back and he sees a new uh, tall building uh, being built downtown, he's like, my goodness, this town is growing.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you walk down any street now, you see all of the cranes working. It's it's a great place to be. And all it's going to do is add to the health of our downtown. The best healthy downtowns have that mix. And you need to have the residents as well as the businesses and some industry as well.
0: Hmm. So, because obviously you're you're in the business and and you travel, you get to see other places as well. Um, I mean, it's probably a loaded question because I think we know what the answer is going to be. You, when you look at downtown uh, uh, districts of other cities, um, you know, obviously you rate Victoria high up there, right?
2: Oh hundred percent, yes. You know, again, Victoria is so easy to get around. It has everything. You don't have to go very far to find what you're looking for. Um, it's easy to navigate. It's safe. It's just a beautiful city. So it definitely rates way up there.
0: Yeah. So what are some other good examples of, uh, of thriving downtowns?
2: Uh, well, San Francisco has a great one. I just came oh, yeah. from that earlier this year. It's got a beautiful downtown, and it and it works really, really well. Uh, there's lots of other um, cities that are up and coming, but they're they're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I know just coming from Penticton, it's also one that it, it's an up and comer. It's not there yet. Um, it's but it's definitely taking notes from other bigger cities around the Okanagan of what hasn't worked, and they're planning really hard to make it, you know, usable and workable. Um, those are you know, great examples of cities that are up and coming and growing. San Diego has a great downtown. If you spend any time in San Diego. I
0: love it. I was there last year. Yeah.
2: yeah it's yeah. beautiful. And they do all of everything. Same kind of thing. They've thought things through and yeah. they have everything you need.
0: Yeah. We're on the line right now with Carrie Milton, who's executive director of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. Funny that you mentioned San Diego because I was there last year with with my wife and her comment was, wow, the, this district, it feels a lot like a big Victoria.
2: Yeah, it does feel like a big Victoria. I think the same thing. It's, it's a beautiful place to be.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is you, you mentioned San Francisco. And um, the, so the thing that comes to mind, I agree with you, by the way, because I, I think San Francisco is beautiful. It's big, mind you. And uh, you are getting your workout when you're walking up and down those uh, steep streets. But, yeah, that's uh, for sure. <laughs> but San Francisco also is uh, one of the most expensive regions in North America.
2: Yes, it is. And that's part of the reason why our tech sector is doing so well, is we're so close to San Francisco, we're a very, you know, a plane ride away. And so a lot of that industry is coming to us directly from them, because once you outprice yourself, you have to start looking elsewhere.
0: And it's remarkable because, again, uh, any of these people, I'm sure, from San Francisco could choose to go wherever they want.
2: Mm-hmm. They can. and But again, Victoria is such a great place to live and so beautiful. And why not go there?
0: Yeah, so, Kerry, what's, what's your vision of Victoria? What's your vision of uh, uh, downtown Victoria in specific or even the region as a whole?
2: You know what? For me, it's about, it's about balance. It's about maintaining that balance, that work-life uh, balance, um, which goes to all the positives as well as the negatives. I know everybody's heard, and, you know, it's no, nothing new to the CFAX listeners, of course, about the transportation issues that we've been in, experiencing as the city grows. But it's about balance. It's about having that walking. It's about having um, everything that people need, the eclectic stores, because one of the great things about downtown is having that unique boutique experience, and so it's finding that right balance. Um, and I think the downtown is definitely on course to continue in that way.
0: Yeah, it uh, it sure is, and and uh, you know we're, we're we're so fortunate about the size of Victoria as well. And you know, like I said, we were talking about how a city like San Francisco is so spread out. I mean, it, people take for granted how easy it is to get around here.
2: They do take for granted. It's funny when people, I I, I guess coming from, um, you know, from Vancouver originally and stuff too, it is so funny. People will say, I'm going to the other side of downtown. Where do you want to park? And I think in my head, I'm not even moving my car.
1: <laughs>
3: it's,
2: like, yeah. it's a 10-minute walk, you know, from one end to the other. And I do think Victorians a little bit take that for granted because they forget how easy it is to get from one end to the other. Yeah. And, of course, you brought up the hills in San Francisco. I mean, look, victoria we don't have any of that. It's, it's yeah. very simple, very easy easy to get from one side to the
0: other. Yeah, how true. Well, you, you know, this conversation here is just a reminder. I mean, I I, I know you truly believe uh, in what you're saying about Victoria. I've met you, so it's not like you're just speaking about this uh, because it's your job. But, you know, the, the reality is so many of us feel the same way about Victoria too. But uh, it's not without its drawbacks because a lot of this appeal here is what's causing uh, our property values to go up. And, you know, there's a lot of people right now that are feeling uh, either pushed out of the marketplace or not able to, uh, to buy. That's a whole other conversation altogether. But I, I think it's been important having you online here just for listeners to get an understanding of exactly why it is that uh, Victoria is the attractive place that it is.
2: It is, and you know what, I, because I'm, I'm that statistic that lived there and, and graduated and moved away, I want to keep in, people in mind that back in then, the reason why I moved away is I didn't feel it was affordable at that time either, being a new graduate from UVic.
3: Interesting. You know,
2: this isn't a new concept. It depends. It's all perspective. So at that time, Victoria was still, to someone who has just graduated university, considered to be uh, not a place that was affordable to live. So I moved away, made my money, and then came back.
0: Yeah, and, and this is something that I think very seldom comes up because, uh, in a sense, a lot of it has to do with where the person is at in their lives, right?
2: Totally. It has a lot to do with that, and it has to do with perspective, too, right? If you're someone who's coming from the prairies, well, it is really, really expensive to live because property values are much lower. But if you're someone coming from a bigger city, from Toronto or— It's a deal. Uh, it's Yeah, you're thinking that you have a screaming good deal.
0: Great. Well, thanks for coming on our show, uh, Carrie. It's Carrie Milton, the Executive Director of the Downtown Victoria Business Associ- Association. Carrie, if people need to reach you, how do they do that?
2: Well, they can call our office, of course, at 386-2239, or feel free to email me, Carrie, at downtownvictoria.ca.
0: Great. Thanks, Carrie. Uh, thanks Thank for coming you. on. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Here. With the whole home show with me, Tony Joe, and we've been talking about the growth of the city of Victoria. Just had on the line Carrie Milton, who is the executive director of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. In a few moments, we'll have Mayor Lisa Helps talking about uh, affordability and what can be done to help those wanting to get into the marketplace here, not just for buying, but for rental as well, too. Uh, However, with me right now, I have Suzanne Bradbury. Suzanne is from Fort Properties. Thanks for coming, Suzanne.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, where do we start? I mean, the reason why I wanted to talk with you, Suzanne, is, um, I mean, your organization has a number of of properties and holdings. But mm-hmm. the one in specific that comes to mind is the Fort Common District. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those listeners who are wondering where that is, it's that lovely uh, building on the corner of Blanchard and Fort Street.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, you've got Starbucks in the corner there.
1: Yeah, that was the first Starbucks on Vancouver Island. we They've really? been there for over 26 years. Yeah.
0: You're kidding. Yeah. Okay. Things yeah. that, things that we, uh, we totally forget about. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, you know, for me, I have a lot of memories, you know, we just mentioned the fact that both you and I are, are born and raised here. That's I think right. about the days oh, I used to go to Tony's trick and joke shop.
1: Yeah. I love or, that story. Right. Yeah.
0: And uh, the relation, you, uh, no, no. <laughs> yes.
1: Um,
0: and, uh, of course, Alpine uh, grocery was yeah. there for years yeah, as well that's too. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, you know, I think for many of us, Growing up here, we we kind of felt at the time that it was kind of the outskirts of downtown.
1: When my grandfather purchased the property that now houses the um, radio station Rogers Radio, yep. so we have a sixty-two year lease with that with that station, even though it's changed names a number of times. My father was around ten, and he can remember standing there with my grandfather saying, um, "My grandfather saying, I don't know. I think I think this is just too far out of downtown." Oh, yeah. I don't know if I should do this.
0: Yeah, amazing, huh? Yeah, and yeah. Just, it was the boonies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing how, how times have changed. But, of course, now, I mean, some of the businesses that that people will be familiar with are uh, La Takisa, Be Love, uh, Chorizo & Company, Fish Hook, Frilly Lily, and, of course, um, uh, Live It, which is the beautiful mm-hmm. um, uh, restaurant just mm-hmm. on the other it's gonna side. It's going to be the
1: place to be once we get some sunshine out there on that lovely patio. De-
0: I haven't been there yet. Yeah. I, I got it. My My six-year-old wants to check it out.
1: <laughs> She'll love it. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but so the, why I wanted to talk to you is, I mean, things like the uh, Fort Common District, they don't come by accident. So obviously, um, um, you know, some instinct, research, um, what is it that caused um, you to, to to create what it is now?
1: Yeah, well, it's a kind of a combination of deliberation and synchronicity, I think. Um, you know, it, it, we, as I think you know, my sister and I don't have like a tr- traditional uh, real estate background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're always, we've kind of got our heads um, in t- sort of two territories, one of sort of human and community health and one in real estate. And both of us feel really strongly that the real estate industry has the power to be, uh, you know, just a just a powerful force for um, improvement and, and uh, they, you know, the real, est- real estate in can really be lives. part of the solution right. for people individually and then also for communities. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were, you know, you... I've we've we've held that corner property for a long long time and and you sort of become blind to it after a while and it was actually my husband who is an architect and does a lot of work with us who said you know this courtyard is really awesome okay
0: you're referring to the uh the fort common Common itself yeah Yeah. so and and for for listeners that that's it is it's a courtyard in the middle it's about thirty six thousand square feet or something yeah
1: that's right yeah and it's the old brick lined carriage yard it would have been the deliveries for a horse and buggy you know wow
0: um
1: for for the businesses all around it so um you know we kind of got to thinking and i have to say i have to give the architects credit for for being fairly visionary in most of most of their work and and you know, we wanted to kind of create almost that third space um, that is so important to community well-being where, um, you know, people in the neighbourhood can, without formula... Uh, use a space that is sort of semi-public, private, managed, comfortable, but also, you know, really flexible, um, to use it in ways that, that suit them and to kind of make it, you know, it, it creates a, an increased sense of belonging, I think, in your mm-hmm. urban core when you've got those kind of secret hidden spaces that um, that are accessible to you and, and, and kind of fun and interesting and, and uh, vibrant and definitely like i think victoria is uniquely gifted with that i think you and i you and i talked earlier about the benefits of being a city that developed um before the primacy of the automobile yeah. so that you know you have all these little alleys and and um courtyards it and was
0: it was meant for walking it right? was
1: designed for people yeah it was designed for the human being and as much as our society changes and you know managing change is a big challenge to any of us in the You know, as your community evolves and you love your community, you want to be able to manage that. But um, the fact that um, human beings really haven't changed, you know, we're all around the same height. We all have the same sort of needs, values, wants, desires. And um, so that makes it makes it a really comfortable city for people to to live in and explore.
0: Yeah. We had Mike Miller from Abstract Developments here um, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and, and he made a comment that, uh, you know, I guess I knew it, never really thought about it before, but it just makes so much sense. Communities aren't buildings. Communities aren't no. people.
1: No. However, um, and I know Mike agrees with me on this because I've talked to him about it a number of times, but the design that you create and make, you know, into bricks and mortar can have an incredibly far reaching and powerful impact on um, how human beings use that space and how they um, that you can promote healthy choices or you can deter healthy choices simply based on your design on a building design.
0: Yeah, wow. I'm here with Suzanne Bradbury from Fort Properties. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention um, Fort Common District. Uh, actually, Fort Properties was mm-hmm. the 2015 Business of the Year with the Chamber, right?
1: Yeah, we're actually nominated this year too. Great. So exciting! Yeah, And
0: also Vancouver Island Green Business uh, Gold Award for yes. 2015. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So, you know, we're talking about uh, a community, a sense of... Um, um, a sense of belonging, a sense of, of, of place. Uh, and of course, what is really important here is to have people. And this is part of our conversation today about the fact that, you know, even 10 years ago, uh, we had, I think it's something like 2,500 or 3,000 less downtown dwellers than we have right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we are changing as a city. We are, we, you know, the one thing that nobody can really argue um, is that change is a constant. So the challenge for a city like ours, where we have so many natural advantages, is managing that change and supporting our community respectfully through that change. We talk a lot, you know, at the DVBA about smart growth so that we don't undermine the very attributes that make our, you know, our city such an awesome place. Um, So... Yeah, so I, I think that that is definitely, you know, one of the challenges that we've got in front of us.
0: Yeah, it's, care, it's careful planning. Careful it's,
1: planning. Yeah, yeah, beca- yeah. because,
0: uh, you know, I, we asked Carrie just a couple of moments ago, uh, the ED of the Downtown Victoria Business Association, about other good examples, but there are other bad examples too.
1: Sure, there are. I, I think, I, I see us, we actually, uh, our company, Fort Properties, has two holiday rentals in France, mm-hmm. in central central France, in Burgundy. And so I'm, you know, I, I look a lot at the um, sort of mid size cities there like Dijon and Bone. Um and those cities again are they have a lot of similarities uh, to Victoria in terms of being designed at a human scale um, and they have a lot of the same like they have a lot of those same sort of community um, central gathering areas that are not really owned oh, yeah. by anybody specifically. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of bad examples, I think, particularly in parts of, um, in countries and in cities where the automobile has dominated Dominated. Yeah. their decision-making. Yeah. No sidewalks, you know, you the, the fact that you would have to get into a car to be able to access amenities, those aren't good for people. Yeah. That sort of scenario is not good for people.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, you know, because I, I, I don't want to get deep into the parking uh, conversation mm-hmm. today. That's something that that is in the news today. But the reality is Victoria remains a, a, a very walkable city. and It's so easy does. to get around. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Carrie had mentioned, too, about our, our growing tech sector. And, you and, uh, know, just down the street from you is is basically the hub of, of uh, technology in Victoria. Yeah. Um, and you made a comment about the fact that, that uh, a lot of the tech sector... Um, Goes and has lunch. Yeah, uh, that's right. So, so, again, you're, you're there. You're, 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 your property actually provides um, places for the residents and for the, the workers in downtown, uh, downtown Victoria.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think we've got some ways to go. I think there's some other things, again, going back to that careful management of change that we have to consider. Other amenities that are missing to support a, a thriving um, workforce, like daycare medical ah, clinics. I think it's really important to listen mm-hmm. to what the community needs and genuinely have those open, kind of open-ended conversations about what are people missing in their daily lives? What would be practical?
0: You know, and another part of that though, um, ra- either good or bad is with the addition of all these necessary uh, amenities that people will need, mm-hmm. we'll need more um more density. There's going to need to be more development uh, in what is really a finite area. We don't have a lot of space to move no, out to.
1: we have an ocean border.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're here with uh, Suzanne Bradbury. Uh, she's also the chair of the Downtown Victoria Business Association. And she's with Fort Properties. If people need to reach you, Suzanne, how do they do that?
1: Um, hello at fortproperties.ca is probably the best.
0: Great. Yeah. Great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're taking a break here. And when we return, we'll have Mayor Lisa Helps. We're back with The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. And today we've been talking about what's happening within the city of Victoria, talking about how we have so many more dwellers in the inner core here. Uh, Of course, it's easy enough to see when you're driving around, you see uh, all these new high rises coming up that we didn't have uh, even just a few years ago. Um, It is our pleasure right now to have with us here Mayor Lisa Helps. Uh, Thank you very much for coming.
3: It's my pleasure, Tony.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, there's so much to talk about here. What what we really wanted to cover is uh, what's happening in Victoria right now. And, of course, because it's a real estate show here, uh, a discussion about affordability because this is something that is an issue. I mean, uh, we just had uh, Carrie Melton from DVBA uh, online here. We're talking about how uh, Victoria is a beautiful downtown, but um, comparing it to other beautiful downtowns like San Francisco, which is among the most expensive real estate in North America. So here we are. We have this beautiful uh, inner harbor. We have uh, a place that everyone wants to come to. Uh, Yet at the end of the day, all of the incoming population that we have just contributes to our property values going up. And, of course, what that does is it makes it difficult for affordability. Right. So what, uh, what needs to be done? What, what is the city doing to help in the affordability factor?
3: Well, it's really complicated. It's not just what the city's doing, but it's it really, we're all in this together. So the city and the region, uh, so the city has affordable housing strategy, 2016 to 2025. It's a 10 year plan to create uh, with the private sector, cause the city doesn't build housing to yeah. create uh, more workforce, affordable housing. Things like fast tracking, uh, rental applications, things like getting rid of the rezoning necessity for garden suites, things like making it easier to build secondary suites. Uh, So all of those things, uh, looking at how can we support existing rentals to refurbish and stay affordable without the so-called rent eviction. So that's, that's all what the city is doing. What the region's doing in partnership with BC Housing is a uh, $60 million regional housing first program that's going to build 880 units over the next five years, uh, all the way from units that rent at 375, which is at the welfare rate, uh, up to units that rent at 85% of market. So, as a city and a region, those are the things that we're doing. Um, But uh, really, one of the challenges, as you've identified, is supply. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't want to bore you with statistics, (laughs) but but stats are good. Stats are good. Stats are actually in. Information is really important. So between um, 2011 and 2016, that five-year census period, um, 5,775 new people moved to Victoria, just Victoria. And in that same period, uh, 2,800 new housing units were built. Yeah. So what does that so, mean?
0: So, so uh, You're talking about the city of Victoria, just not the, the outlining just area of yeah. Uh, yeah, just the city. Yeah.
3: Uh, almost 6,000 new people and about 2,800 new housing units. Yeah. Uh, now, most Canadians across Canada, the average persons per household is 2.1 people. In Victoria, we like smaller family sizes for whatever reason. Uh, our average persons per household is 1.8 people. Okay. So if you divide 5,775 by 2,800 the bottom line is that just for sheer population growth we're about 800 to 900 units short yes. and really that is what's driving up the cost
0: and of course one of the one of the issues too is the fact that we can't just open up the city limits and start building on vacant land cuz we have no vacant land
3: well there's a lot of brownfield sites. If you look, you know, I was at a, a Real Estate Investment Network um, uh, event uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they asked me if I had $100,000 and if I recommended that everyone else in the room. I was there. Them. Yeah, you were there, I, right. Yeah, and yeah. so what did I say? I said out of town on Douglas and out of town on government. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there are a lot of one-story buildings out there, a lot of parking lots that can't, that, that is where the future of the the population lies. You know, think of it as downtown north.
0: Yeah. Industrial areas, uh, areas. Not that- industrial areas. Okay. Yeah, as soon as
3: you say that, people will start freaking out because okay. the industrial base is really important. Yes. So not industrial areas, but I mean, so you know, leave the south side of government. South side, west side of government aside for now, yeah. but even just think out the Douglas Corridor, right? Drive out the Douglas Corridor all the way to the city limits. There's there's under development there, and yeah. there's lots of room for population growth there.
0: Yeah, so going back to what you had said just a moment ago as well, too, uh, talking about uh, housing, uh, even for um, uh, the most basic of, uh, of housing. I mean, this is another conversation about the housing continuum. And how uh, there's such a wide spectrum of uh, just start place for someone to live all the way up to market rental to um, uh, traditional purchases, to all the way to luxury homes, right? So there's an entire spectrum that needs to be serviced here because Greater Victoria now, we're at 365,000 population or something, right?
3: That's right. And growing.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, for for any of us here who were born and raised in town, that the change uh, has been such that, um, <laughs> I mean, it's a very different town now than even it was 10 years ago. Right.
3: Yeah. And I mean, what do people expect? Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the, the biggest challenges that we have or that I have uh, as, a, as a mayor and as a city government. Um, this is the 21st century. Victoria is a really desirable place to live. Our economy is booming. We're not only are we under supply in terms of housing, we're undersupply in terms of workers. So it, it, it's not, as Margaret Lucas says, it's not Mayberry anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we need to have a 21st century city. We need to have population density in the downtown. That's good for greenhouse gas emissions. It's good for employment. It's good for business. It's uh, yeah, so good for it, the economy. It's people good for it, buying things. Well, so. but not only that, people are buying things. It's that people are walking to work or biking to work instead of driving to work. And and really, I mean, if you have the the best way to build a sustainable city is to have population density in the downtown core. And so, yes, there are a lot of new buildings. I wouldn't call them towers. Uh, We have no towers in Victoria. There are lots of towers in Vancouver. And we're not going to have any towers in Victoria. That's not the vision for the city.
0: Yeah. Got it. Well, it's talking about Vancouver as well. I mean, there, there are areas and granted it's 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 vast and a lot of people drive. Um, but you look at areas like uh, Yaletown, for instance. I mean, there's a lot of residences there where people walk to work or it's very easy to get to work. The, they walk their kids to school and to parks. Cause it's all down there as well, too. So very much a, a walkable a society down there.
3: Yeah, and I mean, the, the square area of Victoria is 23 kilometers. It's a tiny little handkerchief of land. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we need to make sure that everyone in the city has access to uh, what they need for well-being. Yeah. And in a small population, a small um, uh, footprint, if we really are thinking about how to build a sustainable city where well-being is key, um, it, we shouldn't have that hard of a time. Uh, yes, land values are going up. But, you know, one of the things that I feel very frustrated by is on one hand, I hear the same people say, I want affordable housing, but I'm against development. Yeah. You can't have it both ways.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, exactly. Because is, there is no other option.
3: There's, you know, and, and it has to, there has to be some kind of market intervention, yeah. right? That's where the, the city through its fast tracking policies and particularly the CRD with the Public and private sector funding for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it, it's we kid ourselves if we think that anyone's going to build three hundred and seventy-five dollars per month uh, at a market rate. Mm. Um, so there is room for for government, and again, hopefully, we'll see more funding. Well,
0: and the fact is, it can't be done because the cost of the cost of land is somewhat constant. The cost of building is constant because you expect to be able to pay uh, trades and suppliers you know, their their market rates. So how, how could it be possible without that government intervention, like you said?
3: Well, and I think the really interesting thing to watch, um, I had a conversation last Friday with uh, Dave... Uh, f- sorry, forget his last name. Who is the uh, one of the owners of uh, Devon Properties? Mm-hmm. They own 5,300 units. Uh, they own 20 percent of the housing stock in the region, and most That's of Dave not Craig. sorry, not Craig. Yeah, sorry, not own, operate. The, mm-hmm. They operate uh, for the for the owners. Yeah. Uh, and many of those buildings are four story buildings that are at the end of their life. Yeah. And they're yeah, four those wood, st- frame that wood frame buildings. Wood frame buildings were not built
0: to last this long.
3: Well, exactly, and they're four stories because back then you could build four stories out of wood. Mm-hmm. But now you can board, build six stories out of wood. And so I think what we're going to have to have the courage to do as local governments across the region is to say, okay, how can we increase the density on those sites? Because th- that's where the land thats where the land question doesn't come into play. These people already own the land. Yeah. Um, if we increase the density on the site, we being local governments, then they can get more housing on that same uh, piece of property, again, bringing up supply and hopefully driving down cost. But yeah. that's, that's the next big challenge or one of them.
0: Yeah. You, you know, it wasn't that long ago where we had, I remember uh, the Mosaic came out on Fort Street it was about 1990, I'm going to think 1998 or something. And it was such a big deal at the time because it didn't have parking. You I mean, it was an old, it was a government building that was repurposed uh, as condominiums, uh, and in the marketplace, you know, us in the real estate business, we're like, how are they going to sell these micro condos at 350 square feet that don't have parking stalls? And of course, it's ended up being a very successful project. You know, there's been a lot of uh, change of hands in the building, but the proximity to town and uh, the fact that a lot of people they don't need vehicles. Um,
3: vehicles are expensive. Yeah. Some people do need vehicles. But again, that's part of, you know, if you build a dense urban center, it takes away the need for vehicles for the people who live here. Now, I, we don't want to get into parking. I'm not no. suggesting that people from Sioux <laughs> or Central Saanich will be able to ride their bikes to town. That is not the point at all. Yeah. But if we increase the population density downtown and make it easy for people to walk and bike and take transit for their, their daily needs, then we're, we're solving a whole bunch of problems at once.
0: Yeah, this is uh, you probably get asked this a lot. I mean, you just mentioned about at the real estate investment expo when they asked you that question about what you do with with uh, X amount of dollars. But um, how about this question here? If if you could have every wish you asked for in terms of uh, affordable housing in the city, what would that be? What's your wish list?
3: Uh, My wish list is that this is a healthy city. That yeah. this is a place where people can afford to live, uh, that people who are working hard in the tourist industry, working hard in the service industry, that they can afford to live here. That when people, for whatever reason, whether it's they're facing domestic violence or they've come on, you know, addiction or mental health, that when they're when people lose their housing, that they're immediately rehoused. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really about across that housing spectrum. Um, we need to make this a healthy place for everyone, and housing is a key piece of that. So, and and I honestly don't think it's that hard. But I don't think it's the city, I don't think it's the private sector, I don't think it's the province, I don't think it's the federal government, I don't think it's the development community. I think it's all of us together, including the people who need housing. So all of those six players working together, and I I really do think we can get there.
0: You know, this is not a new new, uh, um, phenomenon. I mean, this is something that's been with this city... Uh, you know, when I speak to to people who who are from here, from way back in the '30s or '40s, I mean, affordability was always a factor. I'll be talking about this next week.
3: It has been, yeah. And
0: and but it does appear uh, to people like me right now, when we're looking at some of the uh, things that are happening, um, you know, with uh, the city of Victoria in particular and and council and everything, it, it seems like it's more of a focus now than perhaps it was a little while ago. I mean, there was no purpose-built rentals for 20 years.
3: The first right? purpose-built rental that we approved in the city of Victoria was in 2012 and it's the building that's currently going up at Pandora and Cook. Yeah. and it actually had been 30 years since council approved a rental years. building. That's yeah. right, a, a large scale rental building. And it's not it's not that council turned them down for the most part. It's that they weren't proposed um, because it wasn't in the development communities, you know interest rates and so on. Yeah. There, there wasn't a, a market condition for building rentals. Now there is not only in terms of the uh, the lender side, but in terms of the demand.
0: Yeah. So there, so there are opportunities now, and hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of that happening in our quaint little town here. That is
3: what we're aiming for. Uh, yes. And our quaint little town is turning into a leading edge 21st century city. And I uh, am very happy to embrace that and continue to hold that vision. Uh, it it doesn't necessarily suit everyone. Um, Victoria will remain the same in the neighborhoods, the single family dwellings, they're not at threat. Mm -hmm. Um, we will see change along corridors. We will see change in village centers and we will see change downtown. And again, that change is so that we can build a healthy city that's welcoming for everyone. Well,
0: as they say, change is one constant that we have in life, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so thank you for coming, Mayor my Lee's helps. pleasure. If people need to reach you, they just go on the city website, right?
3: Well, there's a number of options. Mayor yep. at victoria.ca. Great. Uh, call me on my cell, 661-2708, or come and see me at my community drop-in, uh, Mayor, Dro- I think it's victoria.ca slash drop-in. Every two weeks, my office is open and the coffee's on.
0: Perfect. And uh, Suzanne uh, Bradbury, thanks again for coming. And how do thank people you reach you me. at Fort Properties?
1: Hello at 4properties.ca.
0: That's great. Uh, wow, great conversation today. Uh, next week we'll be talking. We'll be going back in time, talking about housing back in 1967. I'm Tony Joe. This is the Whole Home Show, and we'll, we'll be here this time next week. The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.